1: Recorded live. Hey, welcome to the American Liberties Wednesday night call. Again, we have our special guests and uh, and uh, my mentor and friend, Dave Marilyn. And uh, tonight I plan that we'll probably be talking about the things that we've been talking about now for probably going on 12 years, uh, 10 years. Uh, what to do with the IRS when they come a-knocking and and uh, get yourself situated that it's on the record, that you have a good faith belief that the Internal Revenue Code is not applicable to you and you can prove it. Secondly, um, you know, even if it did, even if it was applicable, I'll stipulate for a moment that I'm a Joe federal citizen how did you use Section 83 to determine that I make gross income? Why are you ignoring this? And then, um, and then there's the uh, the argu- the other ar- argument, Title Four, Section 72, which is a very relevant uh, position, but they ignore it. I mean, they just go right over it. So um, un- unless you had the opportunity that I did. Uh, where I had plenty of time to go in front of the grand jury and do what I did. And um, so, you know, there's many people that I talk to during the course of the week that are constantly saying, well, you know, I'm having problems with the federal tax board. I'm having problems with the IRS. They just ignore this and they just ignore that. And they do. But, you know, it's not about you know they it's about who and, and it's like the email today you know that i put out that is very re- relevant you know the irs is just a building the computers are fed by information and what is fed what comes out the other end and um and so You've got to go after the one that's coming after you because you can legitimately show that the statues don't apply to you. And if they did, why are you ignoring the statute that is most relevant for to protect you? And with that, because you can do that, they're stealing your money. You can prove it, and that's, and you need to go on the offense. And so I'm going to get let Dave uh turn it over to Dave and understand that we are not giving legal advice. We are not saying don't go pay your taxes. <clears throat> what we're doing is teaching you what we learned and sharing with you what we learned and what we would do in in a and what I've done in in the in, in a position that you yourself are finding yourself in. Dave, are you on the line? No. Okay, go ahead, Dave, and take it it (laughs) over anyhow.
0: Uh, Hi, folks. Welcome again to the American Liberties Call. Nothing you'll hear is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. Now, uh, Just the other day, and I shared with you uh, on the last couple calls, a man was indicted despite having given the grand jury uh, everything that I filed with Congress, and uh, he did not early on spread copies of this criminal complaint to 80 members of Congress uh, to a bunch of local assistant U.S. attorneys in his area or the IRS. He just kept it quiet despite the fact he knew they had interest in him and uh, that's not the way to use what I've done. Uh, Once you believe that uh, the criminal investigations division of the IRS or the CID is interested in you or if the DOJ threatens you in any way over income taxation, uh, what I recommend is that you immediately make a ton of copies of this 180-page complaint filed January of 06 and the supplemental memorandum filed August of, of uh, 2014 and February 2015 supplemental memorandum you photocopy all of them and immediately serve it on everybody you think might act against you and uh this guy actually got the opportunity to appear before the grand jury and read a script of several pages about how the government uh has deprived him of section 83 and everything and uh you have the perfect storm where you have a devious prosecutor and a stupid grand jury. Uh, he even gave the grand jury the, the government's memorandum from the James Back case in Anchorage, Alaska, where the government itself says you have to believe you have a duty to be guilty. And that wasn't enough. The guy had filed Pete Hendrickson tax returns, and not at all that I think you should do this. But picture it, somebody actually who's gainfully self-employed, very busy guy, makes decent money, uh, filed Pete Hendrickson tax returns. Under penalties of perjury, that is a gesture that says, I don't believe for one minute I have a duty. And yet you got a prosecutor that brings charges against him, convenes a grand jury, gets an indictment, which means the prosecutor looks at this situation and says, I don't care what he believes, he's going to prison. When he's looking right at sworn statements that prove the guy doesn't believe he has a duty. And so despite the fact the guy doesn't believe he has a duty, the prosecutor says, oh, you're going to prison anyway, even though you're innocent. I didn't even argue Section 83 just now. I argued willfulness. And the prosecutor looks right at somebody who's innocent because they obviously don't believe they have a duty. They filed sworn statements with the with the damn government. It says, oh, no, he's going to prison. When he's obviously innocent, convenes a grand jury, lies to the grand jury and says he believes he has a duty so that he can put him in prison. What do you have to do to convince the government you don't believe you have a duty? If it's not sworn state, it's like, oh, no, he believes he has a duty. Uh, He has a significant other. He has a family. He has a life. He's gainfully self-employed, makes good money, and he just decided one day to go out and break the law. That's what you have to believe about this guy in the alternative of acknowledging that he doesn't believe he has a duty. U.S. attorneys are kidnappers. Judges are kidnappers. That's all they are. They're going to look right at those documents and say, oh, no, he believes he has a duty. And I don't know whether to recommend to the guy that he go to trial or uh, or uh, take a guilty plea. If he takes a guilty plea, uh, he can argue about the James Back case. James Back went to trial on seven counts of Pete Hendrickson tax returns, was found guilty on each count, and only got 16 months. I thought between five and 13 years he's going to prison. He got 16 months. That's an anomaly. And... uh at sentencing they have to consider several criteria that's 18 U.S.C. 3553 and uh, they have to impose the sentence that's likely to encourage future compliance not more than is necessary uh to deter future uh, conduct in kind well they shouldn't have to impose much because uh you know uh, the guy will never do it again. Believe that. But should he should he risk it by going to trial in a country where the judge says, oh, no, you're guilty. We know you don't believe you have a duty, but it depends on how many lies I'll let the jury hear from the prosecution, whether or not you go to prison. has nothing to do with your innocence or guilt. When the guy filed sworn statements saying, I don't believe I have a duty. Look at these numbers. And it wasn't enough for the government. It is not enough. So uh, uh, it's astonishing. And when you look at it, uh, this lawsuit that was filed in U.S. District Court a couple months ago, um, it asks the question, I want the court to declare that since I sued the United States, uh, you know, they can't convince me at all they don't have an interpretation of section 83 even that explains how to tax all compensation uh they can't prove anybody has a liability i want the court to declare for the government that i'm not willful if in the future i fail to uh, fail to file or fail to pay look at the length to which we have to go to keep the government's member in its pants to keep the government from screwing us when they know we're innocent don't believe you have a duty well I don't care what these sworn statements say because I can lie enough to a grand jury and to a trial jury to get you thrown in prison that's all that matters to the government so so I guess what I'm saying here is look at the benefit of going the extra mile against having this occur. Uh, The next step would be to join that lawsuit as a similarly situated plaintiff. So get a hold of Chris at AmericanLiberties.LLC at gmail.com. Chris will put it in the chat. I'm not on the computer right now. So I don't know who's on the phone, I don't know who's on the chat, but Chris will put that uh email address there on the chat box and uh join the lawsuit and that way you'll have the lawsuit and its exhibits to throw around uh anytime you feel like it or anytime you're threatened to say, you know, I, I know you're stealing. You deprived me of section eighty three to take my pay. And that's somebody who's less likely to be attacked criminally. Uh, They'll still go get your money because they don't have a jury to deal with. They don't have to tell a bunch of lies to get your money. They'll just lean and levy it and and go for your property. And I don't do liens and levies. Uh, Everybody knows I don't do liens and levies. But look at how innocent you can be and criminal proceedings might still be commenced. And personally, if I, well, look at what I did. I filed a criminal complaint with 80 members of Congress and two supplemental memorandums in the last year. That's what I did. And I'm not saying I'm indictment proof, okay? You never do an end zone dance because you can't predict corruption. I watched a video today about a minute long and uh it's uh like a, a balcony view of a parking garage street fight that was set up and there's a a marine standing there waiting for the fight to begin he's the he's the fighter one of the fighters and the other fighter is dancing around and doing flips and aerial kicks and everything. Obviously, a very accomplished martial artist. Just jumping around wildly, spinning in the air and throwing kicks. And then uh, the referee steps out to the center of the ring, and they meet at the center of the ring and touch gloves. and And they back off from one another, and the one fighter gets back into jumping around and doing aerial kicks and rolling on the ground and springs up and the Marine hits him once right in the face and knocks him out cold. So all he did was just stand there for a couple of minutes while the guy danced around and jumped around and then hit him once. That's, like, that's the perils of doing an end zone dance. Another great one, and I laughed my butt off about this. I think it was uh, July of uh, 2011. The Seoul, Korea, uh, summer games. I think it was the, uh, it wasn't the Summer Olympics. It was uh, like the Goodwill Games or something. And you got Hussein Bolt from Jamaica, uh, six foot six, uh, black guy, world renowned sprinter. Uh, he was at that time a record holder in the 100 yard dash. And he's out there in the preliminaries on Saturday. And wave into the crowd, and everybody loves me, and has the silver sunglasses and the real flashy, skin-tight uh, uh, outfits that the sprinters wear. And everybody loves me, and he's prancing around before the crowd and everything, and oh, yeah, and oh, yeah, like he's got it one, like he owns the place. These were the preliminaries, and they had a new rule in place uh beforehand, the rule was, if you false start once, everybody lines back up, gets in their blocks, and if you false start again, you're out. Well, the new rule was, if you false start, you're out. And so here's the prelims, and it's basically his end zone dance, like he's going to win the thing. His He was the favorite. And uh, running up and down the field, waving at the crowd, and he false starts, and he's out of the competition in the preliminaries. (laughs) You never showboat, never, until you've won, and there's no winning against this government. You can't predict corruption. Uh, In track and field, uh, I was a star here in the Seattle area In 1976, senior in high school, 1977, 1978, community college. I never showboated, man. I was all business at the track meet. High jump, long jump, triple jump. And I kicked everybody's butt in the triple jump. I took second in the state three years in a row, senior in high school, two years in community college. Uh, in my freshman year in community college, I took third in the high jump as well with the, um, I had the highest high jump in the state for community colleges that year. Six feet nine inches. 48, uh, seven six in the triple jump. Slam dunking basketballs at halftime at NBA games for the Pepsi dunk team. Six three, white guy and I was all business, never a a lick of showboating in me. You don't do an end zone dance, and this is the same. You have to remain focused on the prize, which is the offense. For the first time and only out of my findings are you able to mount an offense. They only named me, they they say I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm only named in regulation. I'm not Social Security. That's always been theft. And as a citizen of the U.S., I'm only implicated by regulation 26 CFR 1.1-1. If they hadn't written that regulation, the tax code wouldn't even apply to Americans. And secondly, how did Section 83 operate when you say I owe a tax on the value of my labor? One, two. And there's nothing they can say about those two arguments. Not one thing. And so it's extortion and racketeering. It's not sui juris adhesion contract, non-resident alien, patriot movement garbage. It's whistleblowing. And that's what you get out of my work. So this man that had my findings for over a year did not spread it around and got called before the grand jury and the government said all the right things. And despite what he presented to the grand jury, they still issued the indictment. And so now he's in the process of, uh, of deciding which attorneys to approach to represent him. And uh, it's trouble because the, the attorneys don't know these arguments either. So um, hopefully, you know, forget my arguments for a minute and just look at the willfulness issue. You're trying to tell me that this guy believes he has a duty? He's got all this going for him. Self-employed for a long time. He has a trade, very skilled at his trade, makes good money, and uh, has a family and a livelihood and a house, whatever, and you think he's just going to go out and break the law for the hell of it to save the money? It's so obvious he doesn't believe he has a duty that the government should should be strung up for trying to put this guy in prison. Right now it's an attempted kidnapping, and as soon as he's sent to prison, it is kidnapping. Regardless of what the jury ultimately says, why should it be up to a jury to decide what he believes when you get all the proof in the world he doesn't believe he has a duty? What does the jury have to do uh, with anything? It's only because the prosecutor can tell enough lies to a jury and the greasy American judge will permit it that they can convince strangers he believes he has a duty. He's seen everybody else pay their taxes. You pay your taxes. Why should he be any different? He knows all about this. Well... What do those sworn statements tell you? They tell you the opposite. He obviously doesn't believe. And they're going to go to a jury trial anyway. So you never do an end zone dance. But there is an offense. If you're interested at all in a hedge of any kind, you can't get it anywhere. But in my work, Pete Hendrickson was heralded. He's still... Highly acclaimed by some circles, is he had he won back a bunch of people's money. Well, it makes it sound like a, a game of cards, doesn't it? Won back the money. Well, you idiot. He didn't win anything because all those people are being leaned and levied with penalties and interests, and some of them, like James Back, are going to prison. And so you don't get anywhere. With anything, anybody's devised as far as your money goes, but as far as possibly not going to prison, I'm the only one that offers a possible solution. It doesn't work every time, but it has worked a bunch of times. And uh, when you know the, uh, the... government that you're up against when it comes time to you know make them decide whether or not to go to a jury you want to convince them real convincingly you want to show them you don't believe you have a duty so uh if you actually joined this lawsuit that was filed as a similarly situated plaintiff saying yeah I want the government Uh, to know that I don't believe I have a duty either. So later you can say, I even sued the government for proof the law applies to me and they can't debate three or four statutes. Why are we here? That's what you'll be able to tell the grand jury, the trial jury, whatever, if, in fact, the worst should happen in the future sometimes. So um, go to wev.gov dot com, we There's a bunch of materials there. And uh I like the offense. Um I don't like defense. And all I do is offense. There's a bunch of offenses you can mount, uh, even against the motor vehicle code. And uh I would really, you know a traffic ticket means that I get to go to court and uh tell the judge that You know, I know this is a racketeering scheme. You're depriving me of my right of public vehicular travel. It's everywhere in the law, coast to coast. And so I'm not here to talk about the ticket. I'm here to arrange a citizen's arrest of you uh, when you're not on the job. Tell me when it would be convenient because I'm going to arrest you if you don't put it on the record right now where my right of public vehicular travel left. Because it's in the law, we know it exists, and uh, we want to know, everybody here in this courtroom, we want to know how the Motor Vehicle Code applies, it's a privilege code, how it applies to the right of public vehicular travel. Also on wevgov.com, I'm telling you, you've got to get the drive-by litigation course you got to get it period it's it's as rude and nasty as i know how to be with all of the available tools in the system criminal complaints claims for damages on the municipality set them up just right so it makes it easier for an attorney to help you sue in u.s district court you don't necessarily have to be suing in U.S. District Court at the end of whatever controversy is brought to your doorstep. But if it is something you can sue over, if I were an attorney, I'd really like to have all these ducks in a row so I don't have to put them in a row for the client. And uh, the drive-by litigation course is extreme. It's, It's what to do. And uh, it's it's as offensive as I know how to be. Um, so join the lawsuit. Buy the courses. Because nobody does this uh, this way. It's unique. And I happen to be the one, when you look around the patriot movement, the anti-tax movement, I'm not one of them but I'm in the same effort. And uh there's not one of them out there that's been docketed in the Supreme Court twice out of only 5 attempts. Uh many of them couldn't write a brief to save their life for US district court even, much less the Supreme Court. And with my perspective and my efforts going all the way back to August of 19 uh June of 1988 when I started studying tax law all this time, 27 years, almost 27 and a half. And uh, with all this time and experience and reflection, uh, you just don't get products like mine out of anybody else. I know what an offense is, and it really is the only way to litigate. And you can't go on the offense Until you know a bit about the law. I'm not going to teach you anything you don't need to know. And uh, I will teach you everything you need to know. To uh, turn any instance with the government into an offense. Unless you're guilty. I don't work for guilty people. I want safe streets. I want my property and my person to be safe from harm and theft. So I don't work for guilty people, but we know you don't have to be guilty for the government to come and screw you. So uh, it's about offense for normal Americans that the government shouldn't mess with, but the government chooses to mess, mess with. So with that having been said, why don't we open it up for question and answer, Chris?
1: Okay. Um, press star eight if you have any questions on, uh, from the telephone, or if you'd like to make any statements, comments. And um, if you have any questions, please type them into the chat board. And thus far, there is no comments, statements, or questions. Oh, wait a minute. Here we have from North or uh, from West Washington State. Go ahead there,
2: Don. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good out here. Actually, we got a cool day here. It's below 70 degrees here in Seattle, where it's been 80s and 90s, so I'm cool on my heels and listening to Dave getting hot under the collar about what's really happening and having solutions that seem to be working. And I will say that he is uh, Section 83, and and his material is what is stopping uh, the IRS in its tracks, and... uh, uh, and I will say I'm very proud to be associated with him and, and be uh, subject to his mentoring of me uh, a bit and uh, helping me uh, do those leans and levies type things. And it looks like we're having pretty good success there. Can't say we're batting 1,000 the yet because a lot of people are, not a lot of them, but, but a few of their clients are still in progress, you know. So uh, I, until everybody is home free, I guess I can't say 100%. But, uh, but anyway... Uh, They've well, described. John, you,
0: you 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 could say it, but then you'd be just like the Patriot
2: movement. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to be honest and things about that. So yeah. but, um, yeah. anyway, uh, uh, I wish we had more people on this call. We should have thousands of people who should be clamoring for this kind of information. So I would say share this with your friends and, and let them know that the answer is right here and available at very reasonable... Rates and um, that you can't afford not to take advantage of. If you have a problem, and a lot of people have problems with that little alphabet agency, so uh, we're here to help. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Okay.
1: The uh, yeah, I'm I'm as I'm sitting here and Dave's talking. I'm going over the the uh, tab three of the 180-page total package of what went to Congress. And, you know, and Dave articulates everything so well. I mean, first of all, just to him seeing and getting out of Section 83 out of, you know, how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, of words in the IRS code, that he just happened to pick that one out. However... But you know, like issue A, the question: By what statutory authority does the respondent seek to tax petitioner? Can the respondent or can respondent point to authorities naming as subject one with political status and status of the petitioner? Is the citizen in Section 1402B and 3121E really the same citizen defined in 26 CFR 1.1-1? And, you know, he has that. Stop right right there for a second, Chris. Is
0: the citizen in 1402B, that's Chapter 2, Social Security Self-Employed, and the citizen in 3121E, that's FICA, Social Security Employee, is that really the same citizen as in 26 CFR 1.1 1, which is the citizen of the United States? That's the question that separates Social Security from Chapter 1 citizenship, which is citizen of the United States. And I don't argue with them. They say that's me. Fine. For a minute, I'll be that citizen. I'm only named in regulation, and I'm not. Social Security chapters. When you're not in Social Security, the only chapter left is Chapter One, and that's where citizens of the U.S. are only implicated by regulation. That's the mechanics of the argument. Go ahead, Chris.
1: And then he, and then he, this issue B, which I'm not going to go into right now. But then the issue D, he goes through, and and this is all prior to the questions now. He articulates, you know, the findings of, of of law in fact on how Section 83 or the statutes he's asking questions about how how they are uh, implemented. Okay, and so you get questions, which there's there's several questions here, which I'm not going to read all of them, but since Section 83 is applicable to uh, amounts now sought to be included in gross income, it is clear that either the respondent or the petitioner is in violation of it. But silence abounds. See, Dave has, hasn't been silent, see? And it says silence abounds. Does it apply? And if so, how does it operate? And how is the petitioner to comply with it in the future? That's a fair question. Here is the law. Here is how I perceive it. Here's what it says. I'm smart enough to read English. Here's the court cases that support it. But you don't say anything about it. You're just silent. You don't say nothing. So how how can I apply this in the future?
0: Now, right up above that, Chris, are you in issue A of the memorandum?
1: No, I'm on page two or twelve of of the primary claims. Oh, okay. Um go to
0: the uh fifty eight page memorandum. Okay. And uh go to like page eighteen or nineteen, right at the end of issue A. Okay. I don't
1: have
0: it I don't have it in front of me, folks, but I, I know it this well.
1: Okay. All right. Well I'm at uh Okay, I'm at uh, Code 24. Congress name, subject, form W4 requirements. No, no,
0: no, no. Don't give me. Don't read it to me, Chris. No. Go to the. Go to the end of the argument. Issue A. All right. Hold on. And, and it'll say. And it'll say uh, under issue A, and then I have the questions for review, right?
1: Uh yes.
0: <laughs> right above the questions. There's a summary of the claim. And in that summary, there's a sentence that says, these are the petitioner's beliefs.
1: Right. This is the petitioner's belief. Right.
0: Go ahead. Read that.
1: This is the petitioner's belief. And until it is dispelled... With open discussion and logical application to the contrary, petitioner will continue to act upon it. Right there. Right there. I tell
0: the government, this is my conclusion. This is my belief. And until you disprove it, I will continue to act upon it. Eighty members of Congress, the Department of Justice, the i r s the Secretary of the Treasury everybody received this when I filed October first or uh, excuse me January first of o six everybody got a copy and uh it it says it all right there. This is what I believe, and until you disprove it, I'm going to continue to act upon it. I've continued to act upon it. And end of story. I'm not doing an end zone dance, but how do you call me willful when I've gone on record with the highest offices of the government with that particular affirmation? The guy obviously doesn't believe he has a duty. Thanks. End of story. And that's the kind, that's offense right there. Total offense. It's as offensive as you can get because they won't prosecute criminals in the government ever. Criminals go free if they're in public office. Those are the rules. But as far as whether or not they'll go on the offense against you, do they want me in front of a jury saying, excuse me, but here's what I told them in January of 06 and They've never had a problem with it because as it says right there until it's dispelled with cogent refutation, I'll continue to act upon it. And then the question is, what have you done to dissuade Dave from believing the way he does nothing? And you want to put him in prison when you haven't said a word to contradict him? Really? That's the position that I took for myself and I maintain. What position do you want for yourself? It's as offensive as you can get. And uh, you know, you can say what you want about whether or not I'm courageous or patriotic or whatever, none of that matters. What matters is keeping you out of prison. And this is the approach I chose to take because the IRS pulled a couple stunts on me in summer of '05, I thought, well, you know, it's time for me to go on record with what I believe. And since then, they haven't contacted me. Cool. So, uh, that having been said, let's wrap this up. Any questions, folks?
1: I'd like to add that, um, you know, for the ones that have the 58-page memorandum, I would read that, and I would read that very, very slowly and do all the research. I've done it. I mean, I looked up the court cases and everything like this. I mean, I trust David uh, full-heartedly, but it's still good to look it up because, there's things that are said in the court case he didn't bother to put in. He only put in what was truly relevant to the the argument that he's making or the statement that he's making. However, there's always more in the case that you get out of it because it leads up to that statement. And uh, so you want to start at around page uh Actually, you just want to read the whole page 58, you know, pages of uh, a whole 58 pages. But if anything, you start around page 17 all, all the way up through 35 is where you get the meat of it. And uh, so it's very important, folks, to read that 58 page memorandum and practice with your spouse or practice with yourself in the mirror how to articulate yourself. It's very important. And, um, and stay on point. And like you always know, we here at American Liberties, you know, we're very um we're very mindful of how people need help. We need you know, we always need people to at least purchase what we have because it's to your benefit. It's on point. We're not putting out, you know, false returns or we're not putting out Anything that you can't look up yourself and like the people that you hear on these calls are pretty much statutory. You know, they argue the statutes like many times you'll hear the statutes don't apply to me. Why should I even argue them? Well, prove it. Show them how the statutes don't apply to you. Just saying it is is out the window, man. It ain't going to go anywhere. All right, but when you can show them, say, hey, the statutes say this, this, and this, and obviously I'm not, you know, I'm not that person, okay? I'm not that definition. I'm, you know, and uh, so you, you have to turn that around and use it against them. So with that being said, I don't see any statements, comments, or questions on the phone, nor do I see anything in the chat. Uh, look for your e- emails of upcoming information and uh, share these talk shoes with other people that you know that has a problem. And please, uh, Pastor Don says, good call, David. And um, the, uh, we thank you for your participation and we look forward to seeing you on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. God bless. Yeah, them. and uh, you, you definitely
0: want to join the complaint, folks. It's the opportunity to say that uh, you even sued the government, and they can't deny a word of it.
1: Oh, yeah, I do want to say we do still have that joiner to the lawsuit that's going on in South Dakota, okay? Uh, that's an important part here. Uh, if, if you had joined the lawsuit, you want to join this. If you... Um, if you haven't joined the, law, uh, the criminal complaint, excuse me, there, I get mixed up. The criminal. If you join the criminal complaint, then you'll want to join this. If if you haven't joined the criminal complaint that went to Congress, you have to do both. Okay, and so now is the time. If if you're a, if you're a beginner or intermediate in in distance with the irs because when they come a knocking on your door and they're asking you to go before a grand jury that is not the time to get with us trust me it is not the time the time is if you decide that you are no longer a taxpayer or as the tax applies to you the way they're misrepresenting it to you now is the time to start learning and getting involved don't go to these uh all cap name arguments, the gold fringe flag arguments and you know, I'm not you know, I'm American national, which we are. We're all American nationals. But they still walk over people. And yeah, yes you do hear some wins from very time you know, long periods of time between. But uh, but if you want to get on point, get right in their face. And show them what the law says, and you can't fool me because this is what the law says, and there's no ifs, ands, and, and buts about it. They can't come back to you. So with that said, God bless America. This call is officially over. Thank you. Thanks,
0: everybody.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry?
1: Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
2: huh? Ah.